May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. People begin to line up outside the building about 5 to 5.30 in the morning to get a small box of canned goods, Uh, tuna fish, peanut butter, perhaps a box of pasta. They also get a box of donated produce, days-old bread or dessert, fruits, and or vegetables. The produce may be a bit bruised, and sometimes it might be a little bit overripe. Chances are that you or I would not buy them in the grocery store. We would pick and, pick and choose the perfect peach or tomato and put it in our grocery basket. Here, it is what it is. It's food, and it will feed your family. This is the scene six days a week at ICM Food and Clothing Bank on Ninth Avenue, just down the road from Trinity Cathedral. 150 or so people sign in each day to receive food and clothing every day, Monday through Saturday. And that count doesn't include the children or spouses or grandparents of the folks also waiting in line with their family members or waiting at home. Food can only be given out once a month, twice a month if there's grant money to buy the extra food. That's approximately 3,600 people that ICM serves every single month. Last week, a grandmother tried to get food to feed the three grandchildren that she was raising all on her own. And unfortunately, she came too late and the building was closed. So the kids went hungry again that day. When it was her turn in line, the ICM staff fed the kids lunch, and the grandmother and the kids went home with a box of food to feed the family. No one was going to go hungry that week. So ICM used to be housed right here in Trinity Cathedral uh, in the 1980s. It was called the Interfaith Cooperative Ministries. It was developed to serve the community and meet the needs of the working poor. ICM operates on a shoestring budget. It did in the 1980s, and it still does. It's largely composed of grants and donations with a few paid employees and a volunteer workforce that work Monday through Saturday throughout the year. And they always need more volunteers in case anybody is interested. They work Monday through Saturday to meet the needs of the people right here in our community that have been waiting in that line since 5 o'clock in the morning, Monday through Saturday. I recently had the opportunity to attend a conference that was addressing the issues of poverty in our communities. And those attending were good people, doing a lot of really good work. But what struck me 
was that as we talked about the issues of what was being done or what needed to be done, we also tended to talk about poverty in the abstract, as if it was safely out there somewhere, somewhere else, somewhere across the railroad tracks. But places like ICM remind us that poverty and want isn't safely out there somewhere. It's right here. It's right where we live, right outside those doors, right here in our community. Everyone in that line has their story. Some have always struggled to make ends meet and feed their families. Others have lost jobs or their health or they've become the sole supporter of other family members. And they need help when the minimum wage paycheck just doesn't go far enough, or the Social Security check just doesn't stretch far enough. Many people in that line are strong and they're independent. They aren't weak, they're not lazy, because they need help. They just aren't able to make it on their own right now. Today's gospel story tells us about the feeding of the 5,000 men along with the women and the children. And Matthew doesn't give us any idea how that happened, leaving the how did he do that to years of theological discussions and debates and thousands of sermon theories. How were the five loaves of bread and the two fishes enough to feed all those people with enough to spare? Were the people inspired by the generosity of others? Did the women who had not been included in that 5,000 count? Perhaps they were just a bit more practical than the men and had the forethought to pack lunches for themselves and the children? Or did the loaves and fishes miraculously appear and multiply after Jesus blessed and broke the bread? Who knows? Even though the story of the loaves and fishes was clearly important to the early church, as it's the only miracle story that you will find in all four Gospels, and some religious scholars believe that the story was so important to the early church that it may have been a story that was told and retold each time communities gathered to worship as a reminder of who they were called to follow and who they were. But even so, none of the gospel writers thought it was important to relate how it happened. And perhaps how it happened is not the point of the story. They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Jesus left the crowds to grieve for his cousin and his friend, John the Baptist, who had just been murdered by the Roman authorities. But the crowds followed him, and in spite of his grief, he had compassion for them. Can you imagine the looks on the faces of the disciples 
You want us to do what? We barely have enough for ourselves. It was in the evening. It had been a long day. They probably were tired and hungry and just wanted to get some rest and have something to eat. It was a huge crowd of men, women, and children. And Jesus was not just asking them to give away five loaves and two fishes, but everything they had. That was all they had, was the five loaves and two fishes. The disciples were probably overwhelmed by what Jesus was asking of them. But they brought the food to him, and the disciples gave the food to the crowd, and all ate and were filled. Jesus knew that sometimes people need more than just a meal. They need to stay together, be part of a community, sharing food and stories, and knowing that they are always welcome and always loved. He blessed the broke, blessed the bread, and he broke it. So perhaps the gospel story today is not really about loaves and fishes and how there is miraculously enough to feed all the people gathered that day. Barbara Brown Taylor said in a sermon that the problem with miracles is that we become so focused on God's responsibilities that we forget our own. Miracles let us off the hook. But Jesus says, you give them something to eat. Stop waiting for a miracle and participate in one instead. So perhaps this story is about us and how we are called to live. Jesus didn't step back and tell the disciples to wait for a miracle. Jesus blessed and broke the bread and gave it back to the disciples. They don't need to go away. He gave the bread and the fishes back to you and to me and said, you Give them something to eat. 5,000 men, women, children, whoever they are, wherever they came from. Jesus was telling us then, and he's telling us now, you can't send them away. We are all in this together. We're all being told to pay attention to each other. Each and every one of us matters. Thirty years ago, Trinity Cathedral was feeding and clothing those in need in this community through ICM. We were called then as a community, and we are called now. Like the disciples, we may become overwhelmed at times by the needs of those in our community and not know where to even begin or what we can do or if we have is even enough. The Talmud reminds us, do not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief. Do justly now. Love mercy now. Walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work, but neither are you free to abandon it. So who are the 5,000 or the 150 or the one? in our community that we are being called to serve now? Who is outside our doors today 
waiting for us to say, they don't need to go away. We'll give them something to eat, or clothing, or shelter, or simply a hand to hold. Whoever they are, children escaping violence, the homeless, or the frightened, victims of war and injustice, the prisoner, the sick, or the needy, the hungry, the least, the lost, or the lonely. And Trinity Cathedral will always be known as the place where no one leaves hungry, where all are fed, and everyone knows the love of God and his amazing generosity. So who is lined up outside our doors right now waiting for them to open? Jesus says, bring me what you have and let's get started. Stop waiting for a miracle and let's participate in one instead. Amen.